0: everybody and welcome to Car Ray Rob. I'm Ray. I'm Rob and this is our new podcast Say Hello to My Little Phil.
1: Everybody, thank you for joining us on this inaugural episode of Say Hello to My Little Film. Before this, uh, just a little bit before this, like six, seven, eight years ago, we were doing uh, some YouTube videos, right, Rob? Nobody remembers that. <laughs> I barely <remember laughs> I, I, The only way I uh, actually remember it is by looking at it. I see that it's there. I see it's on YouTube. I see myself with hair, which <laughs> is no longer there, so I, I know it happened.
0: I have more.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, we are back. And we're doing a podcast now, and as we've mentioned a couple times, and we should keep mentioning because uh, we, it's name recognition, and that's important. It's called Say Hello to My Little Film. Uh, what are we doing here, Rob? What, what's the goal?
0: Well, when we were doing Car Ray Rob, the YouTube show, it was mostly before and after uh, review reactions to trailers. Yes. A few film reviews. Some we are we building stuff. our way up. Yeah. And one episode that we did, perhaps our classiest episode, was something called Fashionably Late Reviews. Yes, I remember. And, and it was for a film, one of my favorite films, called Sweet Smell of Success. I'd never heard of it. Exactly. And that was the main point is Ray had never heard of it. So I kind of wanted to get his reaction to that. Fresh take. Fresh take on a. Uh, on a retrospective review, because, I, I, you know, I, I go back and forth on retrospective reviews. I was actually talking with a friend recently about it. I, I find myself thinking, you know, when I read a retrospective review of a movie that I can tell that the the writer has clearly loved for you know, their entire life, and like, okay, now I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to write a review of Star Wars, or uh, The Godfather, Blade Runner, You know, these real, yes. like, iconic movies that you know everybody loves. They're and, covered in every film class. Exactly, and and you find yourself thinking, man, like this person just is kind of just saying the same thing I've heard a thousand times. And, you yeah, know, they're it, parodying
1: a million videos before that. Exactly,
0: and there's you know, and it's fine. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to down anybody's opinion on it. I do. I don't because it's you know, it's about what you love, and I you know, and I think people really, you know, they do genuinely love these movies. Or on the, which brings me to point number two is they hate the movie. Right. And they really just want that kind of clickbait top take review exactly that is just you know I Marlon Brando sucks you know right. that's like the, you know the, the the headline of the review Marlon Brando sucks and you' you know you can tell that people are doing that because they honestly want a reaction right people. not an honest review right and, and you wonder if it's honest or not and that's not what we're going for here right. exactly. So what I wanted to do is instead of you know me, or Ray, you know, reviewing a movie that we've seen and love, we are recommending that movie to the other so that that other person can review
1: it. So part of the guidelines is the recommender is recommending a movie they love, not necessarily a classic, it could be, it could be a classic, could be mainstream, could be art house, could be whatever, but a movie that they love to the recommendee who's never seen the movie. Exactly. And we've known
0: each other for a long time. A long time. You we've know, seen a lot of movies together. Uh, we really have. We used to have to wait in line to see movies back then. There was a time. Now um, I just uh, get my assignment. We went,
1: I remember we went to Lord of the Rings, I think, six hours Something before like it that. started. Something like um that. Yeah, and then, you know, we just talked. About it for forty five yeah. minutes in the parking lot after
0: the movie as well. Exactly. Um, so with with each of these recommendations, as we say, we 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 love the movie.
1: Uh, I you know, we both have our list kind of prepared for for the next couple episodes.
0: I can admit I've never told these movies I love them yet. I, I struggle with that. It's a big, That's it's, a big f- it's, a it's a big step in any relationship. It's a big step in any relationship. You know, I mean, most of the movies I have uh, on my list, I've told that I've loved. Right. I like to love around. Yeah, so, you like to share. But it's not necessarily a guarantee that the, the viewer is going to love the movie. But we do hope that you know through all of these that we will find interesting discussions, at the very least, yes. and kind of find out you know a little bit of why the reviewer, uh, why the recommender, loves the movie as much as they do. But really, more importantly, you know, is that a shared experience that the other person?
1: That was very well said. That's what you think this podcast is about. What I think this podcast is about is you have a wall of movies um, that I have not seen a large chunk of those movies and this is your way of tricking me into actually having to watch them Well I just really I hope to gross you out
0: with at least one John Waters movies before this uh, this series I, I, mean, I
1: knew that was going to be on your list I have my list I'm not sure if you're gonna like everything on my list either you know there are a lot of, of, of places you can go to look at movie reviews and you know they a lot of times it's a movie you've seen and then there's they're telling you why you liked it maybe you don't you're not sure why you liked it they're gonna tell you why you liked it. Uh, but with us, we're kind of almost telling you we're going to recommend some movies you haven't seen and we want you to come along with us. like Take the spot of the recommendee and watch the movie for the first time and then come back and finish the podcast with us.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're, we, a format that we uh, kind of used pretty regularly in the, in the YouTube channel is the before and after. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do in this podcast is, is we will come together before where we will introduce our recommendation. The other will kind of you know, kind of set it up for the other, have yeah. a little short discussion, you know, maybe the other person knows a little bit about a movie, maybe they don't know anything at all. And then we will go in and watch the movie together and we will then come back after and review.
1: Honestly. The or, Honestly. Or exactly. exactly. Uh,
0: the, the movie and kind of hopefully have some pretty interesting discussions along the way.
1: Okay, Rob, so for episode one, you are going to be the first recommender. Oh. I've, I've I've deferred to you.
0: You're going to launch us. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? I feel like Miss America. I've just won, everybody. Uh, okay. So I have... Do you even have a movie ready? To go? You know what? I, I I actually showed up today with no movie. So I don't know. No, I'm joking. I, I actually I have a movie. I have a movie in mind. And uh, before I get to what that movie is, I want to preface this by saying I am recommending a movie. In a genre that Ray hates. Horror. It is a horror movie. Uh, well, and to be fair, it's not that you hate all horror movies. Sure. You really hate slasher movies. This is a slasher movie? This movie is a slasher movie in a loose sense. Okay, It is Mick G's 2017 comedy horror film, The Babysitter. Okay, I have not seen that. I would have been shocked if you had, actually. I told Ray to go in absolutely cold. He has not watched the trailer, which I would normally recommend somebody do. He has not watched the trailer. He has not read the synopsis. No. All he knows is the very little bit that I have told him right now. Because I think that's the really best way to really enjoy this movie. Because I I will go out on a limb and say I think it has one of the best first acts of the last ten years for horror movies, I mean, definitely for horror movies. But I think you could make an argument for even even just broader film canon. Interesting, I know, I know, and and it's especially because it comes from Mick G, which I will admit I am not the biggest Mick G fan. I don't know anything he's done. Well, he did the first, he did the first two Charlie, tra- or the, well, I guess the only two Charlie's Angels movies, Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, uh, and he did. The, he determined her salvation, which unfortunately was a bit. Uh, is that the
1: Christian Bale one?
0: It is. Yeah, okay. it was a bit forgettable. That was, that was unfortunately, really I had high hopes. Yeah, it, was, it ended up being a, a touch forgettable. Uh, and you know, outside of that, he's you know had movies here or there, but I, he's not a director I typically gravitate toward. No, no animosity toward him in any way. Right. Just not not a guy that I typically find myself watching his movies. But <clears throat> in a kind of twist of film telephone. this movie was recommended to me Okay, uh, and so then in turn I'm going to recommend it to you. So do you think I'm going to like this movie? I honestly do. Okay. I really do. Uh, I think there are, like I said, there are some things about this movie that kind of, I, I will use the word smitten. I was smitten with mm. this movie the first time I watched it and I did not expect to be. It's a really great movie. I think they do some really great things with relationships. Uh, The two main characters, I think the chemistry they have on screen together in the first act is so palpable. I mean, you buy in so hard that this movie just – and then it just just goes. And I think, you know, it's a movie that really takes you by surprise. And like I said, it took me by surprise because I'll admit I, I did not, I did not think I would like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't. There was nothing about the movie that I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really gonna like this movie. I like Samara Weaving, who stars in the movie. Uh, I do like her as an actress, uh, but I, it wasn't necessarily like a big selling point for was me. Was like, this I one of your? Watch this movie. Was this one of your just October? You watch a because you watch a horror movie every day in October. I do. I, Was yeah. this just one of those, and that's how you found it? No, actually, I don't even think I watched this movie in October. I did watch it this past October, though. <laughs> it will makes the rotation. It now. made the rotation. Yeah, it made the rotation. So I, I actually did get to re revisit this movie recently, which is another reason why I thought it would be a great movie uh, to recommend for the podcast. And in keeping with the spirit of the before and after format that we cultivated on Car Ray Rob the YouTube show, we are going to do the same thing here. Where now Ray and I have introduced the film, we're going to take a little break. Go enjoy the film we invite you all to pause the podcast and do the same and then come back and we'll have a little discussion ray and rob are currently watching the film you may be also watching the film if you're not then you're listening to me say that ray and rob are watching the film They'll be right back when they're done watching the film.
1: All right, Rob, we're back. Before I tell you what I thought of this movie that you
0: recommended to me, um, how about you tell the listeners what this movie actually was about? All right, I'm going to give very slim details, though, because as I mentioned before, I do think going into this movie ice cold is really the best way to do it. But if you've listened this far... Everything after is going to make no sense unless I at least give you a little tidbit of what this movie is Yeah, we're is about. entering spoiler territory here. Exactly. So uh, the babysitter, aptly, is about a babysitter, <laughs> uh, portrayed by Samara Weaving. And she is uh, in charge of a 12-year-old boy named Cole, played by Judah Lewis. And through the first act, you find out that his parents are going out of town and she will be in charge of him overnight and his home, and he has a massive crush on her. So they do a really great job of selling that in the first act because uh, basically he ends up waking up in the middle of the night to find a group of teenagers in his house getting ready to sacrifice Mm -hmm. another nerdy kid. Uh, And I'll leave it there. Not your average night when mom and dad are gone. Definitely not, definitely not. But I will leave it there uh at least as far as the plot goes cuz we are getting ready to dive deep into this movie right now. So as we kind of set up before we watched this movie, this podcast really isn't about my opinion. You know I love the movie. I told you I love the movie. I was very open about it. But now I want to get a little bit of what Ray thought about the movie. Well, Rob, you said that you
1: thought I was going to like this movie. I was Kind of confident about. You it. told everybody I hate horror movies. I, and I do. I did. But I did like this movie. <laughs> I knew
0: it. It,
1: it was a lot of fun. Um, and there's, um, you know, there's a there's a twist on the horror movie and and how the kills come about, which we'll you know we'll get into in a sec. But it was just a lot of fun. It was really well done. It's, um, I I kind of wrote in my notes that I thought this movie was like a three paragraph essay because the intro, of the first act. Sets up all three of the next paragraphs, right? Perfectly, because everything that happens in the first act is a callback. Like, right, every scene <laughs> is a callback. And, and I know they say like when you write a movie, you know, like every scene should have multiple purposes. Right. This does that, and this is a horror movie. Like this is just a com- a comedy horror movie, but it's it does that. It doesn't waste any time. I mean, I think the runtime's like an hour twenty six. It's it's a it's a crisp, quick film. Right. But it does it does everything it has to do. Um. The kills were
0: absurd and over-the-top <laughs> right. in, in the best possible way. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, and you, you really hit the nail on the head earlier when we talked about that opening paragraph, that first act. Like I said in the, before we watched it, it really has an amazing first act. And you're right. And it is because so much of it, is, it like you said, is called back to later. Yeah. But, and it, it, it's so uh, it's so good at building up that main character and their weakness and his need and his you know, his need to stand up for himself, and right. and and I I just can't get over how well they sold his relationship with me. I mean, they really get you to buy in to 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 what to what they mean to each other. Yeah, how they help each other exactly. And when that twist hits. You kind of spend the rest of the movie like rooting, like, B, wait, no, uh, she's gonna come in in the end, and this was all a setup, and yeah. she's gonna be the one to kill all these other people, and it was, it was, it, he, she was using him as bait yeah. or something." It's not, this isn't, no, no, and right. you know, and it's so good. Yeah, so I mean, let's let's tackle
1: that first act because I think there's so much conversation that can be um, pulled from there. But um, I was kind of telling you when I was watching the movie, you know, it's that it it starts off very familiar. Like, a lot of the things that I think make the first act so great isn't necessarily something that you're going to appreciate at, like, the end of that 20-minute mark or whatever it is. It's going to, like, you're, as you see it, what the movie does with that first setup is when you really appreciate I think, when you really appreciate it. And for the reasons that you said, because it set up the relationship um, so well. But, you know, when I was watching the movie, it's, like I I think, like I just said, it was starring very familiar. And so I knew this was a horror slasher movie, as you said, so I'm like, well, who is the slasher? Um, and at first, I'm like, oh, I guess it's gonna be the babysitter. Like she's gonna, she's gonna slash the bullies, right? Like she's gonna kill all all this nerdy kids bullies. She's like his guardian angel. Right? It's what we hoped.
0: It's like it's yes. what we hoped would they happen. They want us to feel that. They want <laughs> right, us to. Right. Exactly.
1: And then, um, and then I was like, you know, that's maybe that's probably been too straightforward. I, I think it's actually gonna be the kid. I think the twist. That makes this movie so great in Rob's mind is that the kid ends up being the slasher as he's like uh, as he's trying to take out the wooers of B the babysitter um, and I thought there was a scene where they were setting it up it was it was really cool where like she he's spying on her a little bit because kind of the setup is the reason why he sees the sacrifice is he's trying to see what she does when he goes to bed right and hope he's kind of hoping it's a little kinky maybe but um <laughs> right. but as he sees her. You know, leaving a, a convenience store there was these there's like suggestive signs in the background and one right. of the signs behind him said like lion and then space like kill so I was like oh he's the killer this is foreshadowing well done movie
0: um and it's not untrue but it's not true either right no absolutely and, and it's you know as the after the sacrificial scene where they finally like off the nerdy kid and you know everything kind of spirals out of control they realize that cole is awake and he knows what's happening and he goes through and has to defeat every one of these cult members yeah Yeah, he does kind of take that role yeah it had some like
1: scott pilgrim in a way like he had to beat
0: (laughs) the evil x's X's,
1: but (laughs) but he had to beat these these people of this of this cult and it was you know some of the kills were kind of like accidental or they just kind of built on top of itself but Again, as, a, as kind of we were saying, like, all of those kills served multiple purposes because they were set up in the first act with Cole's weaknesses. You know, there was a kill in the crawl space. That was the place that he was too, too chicken to go to. Right. They, you know, when there was a kill in his treehouse, which they kind of had set up that they were remodeling or taking it down because he was getting too big for it. and. Uh, the end of the movie is where he flips and barrel rolls a car, right. which he kind of just spewed out that he could make his toy cars do. So he, again, set up that that was possible. Exactly. The first Gilded movie was, um, you know, he didn't clean up his toys that his mom asked him to, and the and uh, and one of the kid, one of the cult members, slips on it, falls, down, you know, basically falls down the stairs. Right. So like everything, just everything was set up. Yeah. Just didn't come out of any come out of nowhere. And a lot of times, I think when these movies aren't well done. It's like, um, you know, yeah, the nerdy kid or the nerdy character did something brave. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's the growth. And that's good and works. But like this, like I said, it was set up with something in that first act. And it just made the payoffs
0: that much better. Yeah. Well, and I, I definitely also uh, I love the fact that he's not just Rambo. So, right. you know, like, so, yes, he's put in this situation. Yes, he needs to find his confidence. Yes, he needs to do these things. But, you know, it, it, it's funny because, you know, using another kind of reference, it there are times when the movie, especially when you brought up the toys, you know, even kind of feels like a home alone situation, right, you right. know, where it's like, oh, like I set these up on purpose or, you know, later with, the, with the, uh, the goth friend under the house with the fire, you know, and all of that. Like, it's like, oh, you know, that's something that, you know, Kevin McAllister would have just set up on his own. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cole does kind of stumble into it a little bit. And I do think you're right, like, each with each kill, he kind of progresses in his confidence more and more. Right up until it's finally just you know him and B, and that leads to the barrel roll. So, <laughs> which is yep. the big stunt? <laughs> yeah, it leads to the barrel roll. Probably is not
1: CGI. They probably actually did that. I don't think the kid drove the car, but it happened. Yeah, we mentioned that one of the members of this cult, B's kind of cult, is um is a nerdy kid. And I think at the very beginning before, because he's the sacrifice, he's the person that B actually kills after, like, kind of making out with him. But before she kills him, he's all nervous about kissing her with, like, people watching. Mm-hmm. And as we kind of said, Cole, the main character, is watching this, like, from, like, a hidden spot upstairs. He's kind of watching because he, he wanted to see what B was doing when he, when he went to bed. Um, and I think it's really well done, like, that member of the group, because I think Cole's, like, watching him, like chicken out like he's getting to kiss the, the babysitter that he kind of wants to kiss right. and he's not doing it and Cole's I think Cole's seeing himself in that just that very timid person and that was a really good character
0: to include in that cult group well and like you said there is that kind of bit of projection because you know yes he watches this other kid be sacrificed and then he has to spend the rest of the movie not becoming that kid Like, don't be that kid so that's kind of what he has to do and i think the other great thing about the cult as you know kind of a an archetype is that each each member kind of fits a different mold of the popular kid whether you're talking about the jock or the cheerleader or the kind of, you know, wise kraken friend or whatever. Right. And then, you know, even even the kind of pretentious goth girl, you Mm -hmm. know, she kind of, you know, fits a different archetype of that, because, you know, especially in, you know, more modern movies, like that character is kind of, you know, finding its own space in modern cinema. Definitely. Uh, So, and, you know, again, he is that kind of nerd archetype himself. So he's kind of has to fight back because all of these you know popular kids are essentially trying to sacrifice him for their own gains and i think that's kind of you know a metaphor if you will for basically you know modern youth uh sociopolitical you know sure. culture <laughs> so it's you know the, the jocks and the the cheerleaders and all of that you know that they, they're you have to sacrifice the nerds for their own popularity or their own success or whatever it is and i think this movie really embodies that
1: yeah and they did a really good job i thought with those characters like they're they're the bad guys but they're also like the comic relief in a lot of ways too and they're really good at it like yeah. the wisecracking dude. Um, from Vine, I don't remember his name, was really funny. Um, the cheerleader was great. She was hilarious. Yeah, like, Bella Thorne. Yeah, she's yeah. fantastic. She was she was hilarious. Um, she got shot in the boob. Right. And <laughs> um, just her vainness, not about possibly dying, but about not having that
0: boob was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I don't know. I think my favorite kill might be the job. Uh, I did have written Max. that in, down yeah. in my in my notes. What was your favorite kill? Yeah, I mean that that one was just so good. The whole sequence itself. I mean, the the kill, yes, but even just the sequence itself, because he you know he's being you know kind of chased by this you know bully jock character who is legitimately trying to kill him. Yes. and he runs to the front of his house to find. His bully, <laughs> yeah, it's Cole's personal bully, his Cole's personal egging bully, egging their house, right, egging his house,
1: and he has, you know, it's yeah. Just, and it, then the jock is saying, you know, you have to go defend yourself, right. And in Cold mind, he's like, "But you're gonna kill you're me gonna anyway." Kill me anyway. <laughs> and he's like, "No, you have to go defend yourself." Yeah, which is very interesting. because their whole conversation was is was kind of interesting. It's almost like you know he was kind of big brothering him a little bit. Right, but, he is going to kill you.
0: He's going to kill you. Which, I, again, is that kind of comedy aspect to the slasher movie, which I think is, is, is so great and, and can take a, a, a genre. So for somebody like you who does not enjoy slasher movies, that uh, it, it, it kind of takes it to a new level. And, right. and you know, uh, I think of like something like Cabin in the Woods. I don't know if you've ever seen Cabin in the Woods. I haven't. But that movie is also a movie that kind of does a, a lot of genre play as well. And uh, you know, I think it, it 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 really can take somebody who is very you know reticent about a specific genre and and kind of broadens the tent, if you will, and lets you know more audience, more of the audience in. Obviously, I know this movie isn't perfect, sure. so there's going to be things you don't like. So let's talk a little bit about that. What what about some of the things you didn't like in the
1: movie? Okay, so we we talk a lot. We've talked a bit about. Um how this movie was able to avoid some of the pitfalls of the genre, but it does fall into some too. And I just feel like there's a couple of scenes where Cole could clearly get away Mm -hmm. and just like in the classic slasher movie, they run into like the worst spot possible. So like very beginning of the movie, he or not very beginning of the movie, but uh, the cops come over at one point because Cole, you know, found time to call the cops before like everything started to unravel. Right. And then it was a really great scene where the cops kind of barge in the house and the cult then kills the cops, which um, kind of just ups the tension with with them real quick. And as the cult was killing the cops, the the cheerleader got shot in the boob, as we had mentioned. And and this kind of causes the attention of B's cult to kind of focus on her for a minute. And so Cole, again, the main character, has a chance to just run out the front door. Right, but what he does is he runs upstairs so that he can escape out of his window. And I right. was like, "Okay, this is this is classic slash movie." Because yeah. then he gets caught, like you know, trying to get out the window. He's being right. pulled back up, and definitely, but, but whatever. And then I think a similar thing happened when, uh, you know, a couple scenes later in the movie, where he's in the girlfriend's you know his oh in the house across yeah, the girl across yeah, the street the yeah the, the the again yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, they have a couple of chances where maybe they can escape that one is they play off better because he's kind of he ends up protecting the girl and, right like, lock her in the bathroom but still there was some yeah. times like you can just get the heck out of here Cole. you could really be gone they're not gonna know where you are <laughs> but uh um, so they, there are some tropes there but one thing i was gonna ask you about is it's interesting that i think if, if this movie plays out it ends up really not being that important but like you know there's about 20 minutes to go in this movie and you really don't know what the was ever trying to do, like, right. what this was all for. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell, like, is this going to come back and matter? Is this going to make me not really appreciate this movie at all? What did you think when you were first watching it about, like, just not knowing the motives,
0: like, be your main character, what her real motives were? Well, yeah. And, again, I think that added for me that that desire for it to be something more of her trying to protect Cole. In, in the long term, you know, through the film, you know, instead of just this like, oh, well, she is the leader of this cult. It's more of like, I'm waiting for this thing to twist and she's, you know, killing, sacrificing them. And that's what it's all about. But, you know, it doesn't I think, really go that way. No, 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 not at all. And that and that's kind of the thing is that you're right. It, and eventually when she does, you know, w- w- when the full you know plot plan, you know, mm-hmm. you know, motive is revealed, it is relatively simple. You know, because yeah. it is just like, just, oh, well, I'm sacrificing this person so that I can have everything I want yeah. in life. Or
1: something that I want. Or, right. Yeah, I
0: couldn't really, it wasn't really clear if it was one thing specific,
1: that sacrifice, or if it was a bunch of things.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I do think it was – I do think it really is that simple where, you know, it's just – that, you know, I'm we, we sacrifice this person, we drink blood, you know, whatever, and then we get whatever we want, you know, that kind Well, of then thing. why do they have to do multiple sacrifices? Like, you've already got everything you wanted. What do you need more? You're How trying you to get more of everything. <laughs> You're trying to find logic and cult them. <laughs> in but, horror movies. Uh, well, and yeah. in, in horror movies, it's fair to a degree. But, you know, uh, but I will say... You know, I do feel like there are times in movies, especially something like this, where something is just a, a more of a simple device. Right. And I think this movie does kind of, you know, do that with with the overall mul- motive of the cult is like, OK, this is a simple device. But I do think by that point in the movie, like I, I think I'm bought in enough right. that, you know, I'm OK with it being that simple, that it doesn't have to be this, you know, maybe something larger conspiracy or you know something like that or you know like kind of like even what i was thinking it might be where there was this kind of like big twist right where b was you know on cole's side the whole time and this was you know some other nefarious plan for the other cult members not her um but you know i you know I, i don't think it bothered me you know that much yeah. i think by the end like i said i was i was bought in enough that that it, i was satisfied with the ending
1: yeah i agree that at the end though it you know it, it did obviously it crossed my mind about that 20 minute mark i'm like what is this cult doing and is it going to matter and is it going to matter to me if it doesn't matter when it really didn't matter i didn't care like yeah. i thought it was like i like you said i was so bought in to everything that had led up to that point To the chain of events that unfolded because of the sacrifice Mm -hmm. that it didn't matter to me what the sacrifice was really for because it just set off something, some stuff that was so fun. Yeah. And, you know, such cinematic goal that that I was okay with it. But they and I think they did enough because, they, you know, they even kind of hint when she's kind of telling him what she's wanted in the past kind of made it seem like maybe she wasn't always this cool and this popular. And maybe that was some of the things that she got for it. Right. And, you know, and then again, you're kind of projecting like, well, maybe she's going to help Cole out or, you know, not with this necessary with sacrificing, um, you know, or giving him his wish because she sacrificed somebody. I think that would be weird. But, um, you know, but it just kind of showed that she her relationship with Cole was more genuine mm-hmm. than you feared it wasn't when she was, you know, when, when you first saw that sacrifice. You feared that she was faking it all. And that I think the ending does a good job showing you. No, she wasn't. She does legitimately like him. But he was a mean to the end in some ways.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think that, uh, you know, the, there was enough of a... a I'm not going to use a, the word... Fine. I'll use the word reconciliation as, mm-hmm. like, uh, between Cole and B in that final scene. And it even kind of made me think, you know, that perhaps... Yeah she did do for Cole what she was going to do for all of the other cult members and even herself. But instead of doing it through this, you know, ritual, she kind of sacrificed herself in a way, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because she kind of knew that he was going to, I think be okay in that situation, you know, going forward, like he had kind of found his confidence and he was going to kind of get out there and be the person that she knew he could be. And the person that he wants to be. Kind of, kind of landing him in a good spot uh, you know going forward all right so anybody that's been with us since the car ray rob youtube days knows that we had a rating system uh, for the trailers, the movies, you know things like you that have to, you have to in this right you have industry. to which is why we're not going to do that here cuz that's not really what I feel like this podcast is about but considering that this is about recommending a movie, mm-hmm. I recommended this movie to you. I loved it enough to do so. I would like to know: Is it something you would recommend to someone else? I will say that yes, I would. I would. I
1: endorse this movie. I think that this movie was really fun. I, I would definitely tell people um, the month of October, just any time you want to. You want to just kill an hour and a half and have some laughs and have some fun. Uh, that this is a movie that you could definitely check out. In in, in some ways, I feel like this movie is going to completely ruin slasher movies for me going forward because I already had a bias toward those types of movies. But this one was so well done that um, that I just I feel like I'm going to now nitpick those types of movies even more now because I'm going to see a kill that wasn't perfectly set up like they are in this movie, and I'm be like, you lazy turds, why did you <laughs> not do what the babysitter did? Um, so I think in a good way. This is going to encourage me to watch less slasher movies and just come back to this one. <laughs> you really needed help
0: not watching slasher
1: movies? No, but I. But sometimes when you aren't looking for help, that's when you find it.
0: <laughs> well, like I said, I, I know I love the movie, and I would absolutely recommend it, not just to you, but to anybody. So if anybody in our audience has not watched the movie and listened to this podcast, uh i hate that i spoiled the entirety of it for you but (laughs) definitely go watch it you'll still like it you'll still like it yeah it it, it's it's a really great movie like i said i i love the first act everything they did with b and cole that entire setup you know it just it felt so genuine so uh so pure you know a that that you know they kind of you know, the way they kind of played with innocence with Cole, that naivete, like he, yes. and and where he found himself at the end of the movie, I thought was just a really, really great journey, and I, I think everybody would enjoy the ride.
1: There's meat on the bone too of the movie. There's some there's some cool stuff they do that we haven't talked about. Um, so there there's still some, we left some surprises and some cool stuff for people that haven't seen the movie
0: yet to still to still really enjoy. So you're saying we didn't completely ruin the movie for me? That's what I think Oh, <laughs> we can hope so. So, again, if you have not watched the movie, it is currently streaming on Netflix. Go watch it. There is a sequel. I don't think I recommend that one as much as we're not covering that one. I don't think I recommend it as much as the first one. Uh, But, you know, it's there for your viewing pleasure.
1: All right, Rob. Well, we've made it to the end of our first podcast by the skin of our teeth. We're here. uh, Thank everybody who listened to this entire thing for going along on this little trip with us. And it's at this part of the podcast where we have to ask the audience to please rate and review this podcast. Any five-star review we will read on air on our next podcast. It's a moral imperative. It really will help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Um, you've come along this far you put in this much effort might as well just do one more
0: thing they clearly don't hate us if they've listened this far into this episode
1: and after you rate and view why
0: don't you take advantage of that comment section and give a recommendation to me and rob tell us something that we should check out yeah and anybody else in our viewing audience as well let's really grow this community of film lovers here at car ray rob all right everybody and one more time me and rob want to thank you guys for joining
1: us on this first episode of say hello to my little film
0: yeah we couldn't do it without you we do this for you. We love each and every one of you. We think we do. And in
1: two weeks' time, two weeks from this release date, episode two will come out. So be on the lookout for it.
0: Keep supporting us. We really appreciate it. Yep. And until next time, this is Car Ray Rob. Where I'm Ray. I'm Rob. And remember, be defined by the films you love, not the ones you hate.